0: Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're exploring how an enormous stone monument from ancient Egypt wound up smack dab in the middle of Manhattan. The day was January 22nd, 1881. An ancient Egyptian obelisk, also known as Cleopatra's Needle, was installed in Central Park just behind the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The obelisk is the oldest human-made object in Central Park and the oldest outdoor monument in New York City. The obelisk, which means pointed instrument or skewer in ancient Greek, was one of a pair originally commissioned in Egypt around the year 1450 BC. They were created to celebrate the 30th year of the reign of Pharaoh Thutmose III. Each one was carved from a single piece of granite and then erected outside of the Temple of the Sun in the ancient Egyptian city of Heliopolis. The twin monuments measure 69 feet from base to tip, and weigh approximately 200 tons each. The obelisks remained outside the temple for about 1,500 years until they were torn down and burned by invading Persians in 525 BC. For the next 500 years after that, they lay buried in the sand until they were finally discovered by Caesar Augustus. In 12 BC, the Roman emperor had the obelisks excavated and moved over a hundred miles away to the city of Alexandria. New limestone pedestals were fashioned for the obelisks to rest upon, and a large bronze crab was added to each of their corners. The monuments were installed in front of the Caesareum, a temple built to honor Julius Caesar. That structure had been conceived by Queen Cleopatra, which may explain how the obelisks became known as Cleopatra's Needles, despite the fact that the ruler had died nearly 20 years before their excavation. Hundreds of years later, in the early 19th century, the Egyptian government gifted one of the obelisks to Britain as a gift for helping Egypt rid itself of Napoleon. It took a while, but the obelisk was eventually installed in London on the banks of the River Thames in 1878. The other obelisk was announced as a gift to the United States in 1879, and later that year, preparations were made for the obelisk's long journey to American shores. A site in Central Park, just west of the Met Museum, was chosen to house the obelisk, partly to ensure that it wouldn't be overshadowed or obscured by the city's skyscrapers. With its new location settled, the real challenge began. How to transport a 200-ton pillar from Alexandria, Egypt, all the way to downtown New York City. The difficult feat of engineering was entrusted to Henry Gorringe, a decorated Navy commander. The first step was for Gorringe's team to lower the obelisk in Alexandria using a cable. Next, they slid it into an 83-foot-long wooden box, which was resting on top of a bunch of cannonballs. From there, the box was rolled onto a heavily modified steamship bound for Staten Island. It set sail on June 12, 1880, and arrived on the banks of the Hudson River just a little over a month later. Now came the really tricky part, navigating the obelisk down the crowded streets of New York City, a process which would ultimately take another five months. Gorringe decided to split up the process, choosing to first tackle the obelisk's base, which was 27 feet high and weighed 50 tons. He used a team of 32 horses to pull the massive pedestal to its new home in Central Park. Meanwhile, The actual monument was floated up the Hudson River to 96th Street using pontoons. From there, Gorringe had to build a special rail track to move the obelisk through the city at a rate of just one block per day. A blizzard slowed the process even further, as did the crowds of New Yorkers who followed the obelisk through every step of its slow procession. Many of the spectators weren't satisfied with just a glimpse of that old stone history and started going at it with hammers and chisels, trying to chip off a piece for themselves. The vandalism was so rampant that a guard had to be brought in to protect the obelisk around the clock. New York merchants capitalized on the city's Egyptomania in less destructive ways. For example, a needle company issued trading cards showing Cleopatra threading an obelisk instead of a needle. A candy stand followed behind the monument every day, and another merchant sold Cleopatra dates packed inside an obelisk-shaped box. Finally, after 39 days of winding its way through city streets, the obelisk arrived at its current home in Central Park. On January 22nd, Workers used a specially designed lifting rig to get the monument upright as a crowd of about 10,000 watched from the sidelines. Over the course of the next 10 days, four bronze crabs, replicas of the originals, were installed at each corner of the base. The crabs weigh over 900 pounds each and are a big help in supporting the base of the obelisk. Over the last century and a half, The obelisk has remained a somewhat overlooked fixture of Central Park, with many visitors completely unaware of its long and storied history. In 2011, the monument was thrust back into the spotlight when an Egyptian official accused the city of neglecting the ancient artwork and threatened to take it back. The dispute led to the first comprehensive restoration of the obelisk, a collaboration between the Met Museum and the city's Parks Department. The 2,112-square-foot surface was painstakingly cleaned with lasers, and then covered in a protective coating. The process removed decades of dirt and pollution, allowing the hieroglyphs etched into its exterior to finally be seen again. The conservation program was long overdue, and though the undertaking cost half a million dollars, the Central Park Conservancy considers it money well spent. According to the group, the project will ensure the obelisk is preserved for decades to come, allowing it, quote, "...to endure as a testament to the genius of a vanished civilization, an awe-inspiring tower holding its own on an island of modern skyscrapers." I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.